I'm Heather Parry, and with me is my co-host, Kirsty Logan. Hi, Heather. Hello. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today, we are... It's a doozy. It's it a doozy. It is. Uh, today, we are talking about Dream Date by the fantastic Sinclair Smith. Much um, respect to Sinclair Smith. We love you. We love you. And this is from 1993. Now, tell me about this book. I have to say... This is a great cover. This is one of my favourite covers. It is the exact same colour of the pink uh, that you've just put up in your living room <laughs> in the curtains. Um, I love that kind of like, kind of dusty pink, like blush pink. Dusty blush pink. Uh, they look like velvet mm-hmm. bedclothes, I'm going to say. Um, with a girl asleep in them and a creepy shadow hand mm-hmm. leaning over her. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a vampire's hand, really. And purple, shiny font as well yeah bubbly style dream date font who doesn't love that and you want to read the tagline for us yes i would love to the tagline is sweet dreams and rest in peace which is a few one of the few point horror taglines that works it does make sense for the story yeah it really does which is good um okay so let's get into the plot of dream date so this book is about katie who at the start of the book wishes on a star for a boyfriend and she wants her boyfriend to be with her all the time. (laughs) Which, hmm, do you feel like that's going to go wrong? Oh, I can't see possibly where that might be a bad idea. I think it's going to go wrong. So Katie, we find out, has insomnia. She has just started a new school and she turns 17 tomorrow. And all of these things are relevant to what later unfolds. I will say, uh, relatable as well, because I used to have insomnia as a teenager. Did you? Yeah, I was a really bad sleeper, actually. I've only become a good sleeper now that I am old and tired all the time. (laughs) Me too, yeah. (laughs) The idea of me getting eight hours sleep a night would have been ridiculous five years ago. Yeah, I used to stay up until like two or three in the morning before Mm. school. How stupid was that? Do you think that's a hormonal thing? I don't know, because I've read that teenagers need more sleep, but I remember just never really sleeping or mm. staying up late when I was a teenager. Me too. And I used to watch really terrible horror movies at mm-hmm. like two or three in the morning. I remember watching The Hitcher. Oh yeah. Which is actually a really great horror mm-hmm, film. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where my love of horror came from. Oh. From me staying up to ridiculous hours and then being really tired for college. I remember staying up really late and watching MTV too. Or um, that weird porn that was on Channel 5. Oh, you're a trash. No, no, no. no. It was like... Really oh, actual porn. Like, softcore porn. I think that was just you. That was, they were videos <laughs> that I purchased. <laughs> I remember watching Eurotrash when I was a kid. And it felt exciting. And you were like, I know I shouldn't be watching this, and yet I am. But it was so ludicrously unsexy as well. But it was sexy, like, in a carry-on way. That kind of, like, bouncing oh, geez, block bouncing. comedy boobs kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And even when it was willies, it was, like, floppy comedy willies. <laughs> Isn't that all willies? Well, <laughs> if I had a willy, I would flop it all day. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, sorry, I really derailed that. Speaking of willies. So, <laughs> so now we meet Jason Miller. Now Jason has got thick, sandy brown hair, lean, muscular arms, and incredible deep brown eyes. Are there any men in Point Horror who aren't brunette? Or not white. Yeah. They are all white. They're all so white. Nobody is of any other background except European. And everyone's athletic. Yeah, that's true. Nobody's fat unless they're a comedy character. Yeah. <sighs> oh well. When we do the rewrites, the it modern will be ones. So inclusive. We will have that. Because, you know, that's what the fucking world actually looks like. Okay, so anyway. So Jason, I quite like this bit. So Jason asks asks Katie what she thinks of the school, but she's busy smelling his shampoo because she thinks it smells nice. And so she says, it smells great. Oh, the school smells yeah. great. I thought that was good. Feel Relatable. You, Katie. I've done shit like that. And I'm also surprised that we're not told that 
his shampoo smells like cinnamon. Because <laughs> like the RL everyone, didn't write this. everyone smells, <laughs> smells like, like cinnamon. cinnamon. Um, anyway, so she quite likes Jason. <gasps> um, and then we also meet Katie's new friend, Raquel. La, 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 la. Because weirdly, it's described as her like rolling the L, which I'm Raquel. like Raquel. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. What does that... Does it not mean roll the R? Raquel. Not, yeah, because not roll the L. Her name is Raquel... What's name? Her name's Rachel, mm-hmm. isn't it? Martinez, which says to me that she's of a Latin background. Yeah, so she would say so you would, Raquel. So you would roll the R. Yeah. When it's a double R, but not Raquel. the L. Raquel. How do you... Raquel. Raquel. I don't really know. Just sounds like you're coughing up phlegm. Raquel. Anyway, great name. Um... So Raquel la, 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 invites her to a party. Well, that's nice of her. But it's very she's new nice. in town. She's new. And she does actually say, like, oh, you're new in town, so why don't you come and meet some nice people? I know. Pretty nice. Solidarity. Everyone in this is actually not a bad person. Yeah, apart from apart from the baddie. Yes. But we'll get to him. Um, then we also meet her dog, who's called Bopper. Good name. Which is pretty cute. Great name. Which is pretty cute. I think Bopper and Fluffernutter, the cat from uh, The Girlfriend, are actually the best named pets thus far. That's true, better than pet. Pet. From Teacher's Pet. That was Although, bad. one of my bosses um, had a cat called Kitty. Oh. And he wanted to call his child Kid, which I think is actually a great oh, name. Oh, that's kind of cute. Like with yeah. a Y. K-Y-D or K-I-D. K-I-D. Oh, but okay. their same surname is Macbeth, so it would have been Kid Macbeth, which <gasps> is a, a great name. name. Isn't it? They yeah. have to be like a slam poet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't get called Kid Macbeth. No, okay, fair. It's probably sensible. Um, I think a lot of names, they might sound great, but then you realise that your child actually has, has to, like, to live. live and go to school and, you know, might end up being an accountant or something. And mm, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Bopper is a very old basset hound. Aww. And I immediately was like, oh, God, Bopper. Don't die. Don't die, Bopper. <laughs> but don't worry. Bopper's going to be okay. Okay. Just I just feel like we should do that up front. Yeah. I would be really upset if Bopper died. We've all got trauma. We all have. Um, she also has weirdly unnamed parents. We don't actually find out what her parents' names are. Mum and Dad. Fair enough, Mum and Dad. Um, she also has a symmetrical beige house, um, which is quite interesting, I think. Um, so also, her father, as I think quite a good piece of foreshadowing, scorns someone in the paper who has, quote, personal problems i also made a note of this and mm-hmm. i thought it was actually a really good bit of writing because often in point horror world you're just told that people think a thing or feel mm-hmm. a thing and um this is uh, quite a good piece of writing so they're reading about a guy who uh, left his job and then went um broke into his boss's car and went tearing down the main street doing 20 miles an hour over the speed limit which i originally read as doing 20 miles an hour and i was like oh he's just driving fast. in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they're sort of dismissive of mental health issues here by saying mm-hmm. when the cops caught him and asked him why he did it he said it was because he had personal problems that's right personal problems and I thought that's a really good bit of characterization there like mm-hmm. they're dismissive of it but we're not told that they're dismissive of it yeah we are then told it as well but it's <laughs> because it's a but then it means that book. later we don't say well why doesn't she just tell her parents because yeah. We know that they wouldn't be sympathetic. Yes. Which generally, I don't know, Some sometimes parents aren't sympathetic to their teenagers' problems, but they're generally not really. Which, fair enough, they've got their own shit to deal with, and it's quite easy, I think, as an adult to look at a teenager's problems and think they are not serious problems, but at the time they are very serious. And teenagers are very melodramatic, mm-hmm. so it can be, I imagine, difficult to pick out what are real major yeah. issues and which aren't. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, they're not very sympathetic. Um, so also, you know, she's new at school. She doesn't have any friends. She's quite isolated. And she <laughs> she keeps saying, I want more. I want more than this beige symmetrical house, which made me think about Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. Wanting much more, more than, than this, this provincial, provincial life. life. She wants more than this. More. Well, just watch. He's going to make Katie his wife. <sighs> she's going to find her fucking beast. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. That night, she has a dream. She dreams of a motorbike and a dark-haired, dark-eyed, short and muscular meatloaf, I mean boy, <laughs> with a twisted half-smile in torn jeans and a sleeveless t-shirt. And he is called Heath Granger. I mean, that is a literal description of meatloaf in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, isn't it? Yes. It's exactly what it he looks him. like. It is him. I also imagine Heath 
Ledger. Yeah. He, instead of Heath Granger, although she can't have met him because it was before he was. It was much before. Yeah. Oh, Heath. Ledger. I also oh. picture him very strongly as the guy from Greece too. I need a cool rider. You know? I've not seen Greece too. Oh, well, that's exactly how I see him. Who apparently I looked this guy up. I've forgotten his name, but he is now a gay icon. Not oh. surprisingly, since he spends the whole film with incredibly coiffed hair and dressed fully in leather. Well, Michelle Pfeiffer's the woman in it, and she looks so sexy. We have talked about this on oh, the yes! previous podcast. How many times a week do you watch Grease 2? I mean, I haven't seen it for many years, but it's so vivid in my mind. Apparently it was Because quite... she's hot, because she's, so she's got her pink ladies jacket from Grease 1, mm-hmm. but she turns it inside out, so it's black, oh. and then she does like a sexy dance, and she's, I mean, she's ridiculously beautiful. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Anyway, I think you should watch it. It's ludicrous, but I really like it. Can I read you my favourite paragraph of the whole book? Oh my god, please do. It's a motorcycle. Katie could tell from the roar of the motor. She'd always loved that sound. It said, go ahead. Break the rules. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Break the rules. Wow. You know you want to. Oh, she's such like a good girl goes bad, isn't she? That's a motorbike. She's like when Britney Spears tries to be bad. Yeah! Oh, <laughs> oh she's like Disney Channel bad. <laughs> um, okay, so Heath says that Katie looks like a good girl, but he knows she isn't. Which, by the way, made me a fucking boke because it made me think of that song... That really awful song, you, uh, I know you want it. Oh, blood lines. Which you're like, yeah, you're like, fuck off. I'll tell you if I want it. And yeah, I fucking don't want you. Piss off. So that's my picture. Him as that guy now. Yeah, what's his name? Robin Thick. Yeah, was that he can uh, piss right off? Yeah, and didn't that turn out to be plagiarized from like a Marvin Gaye oh, song? Oh yeah, I think he got sued. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> And then his wife left him and he made an album begging for her back and she wouldn't take him back. Ha, ha, ha. That's what you get for writing rapey songs. (laughs) (laughs) We're not so unsympathetic to his male tears. Yep. Sorry. Anyway, what I also like is that in the dream, Katie realises that she's wearing a lacy white sundress, but she only realises that she's wearing it after Heath mentions it. So Heath's Mm. like, I like your dress. And she's like, what dress? And she looks down. So it's like he's made it be like that yeah he's made her have that dress on and she hates the dress it's not something that she wants to wear or that she likes and it's this kind of white lacy hyper feminine dress Mm. i thought that was quite clever that is very good i think there's a lot of really good stuff Mm -hmm. in this book actually yeah i agree um so then (laughs) so then she wakes up from the dream and she thinks that she's had a really good sleep which is good because she's normally doesn't sleep very well and she says quote a few more dreams like that, and I bet I won't have trouble sleeping anymore. Is it just me? Does that mean a wank dream? I have written this down. <laughs> I think sleep is just um, a euphemism for masturbation in this entire book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she gets, after her first time, if you will, mm-hmm. she gets really into it and like runs off to her bed to have a nap. Um, <laughs> or right after school. And then she can't get out of bed. And I'm apparently, like, don't come in. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm napping. <laughs> <laughs> and she can't get out of bed in time in the morning. Mm-hmm. She just cannot get out of bed. And we, we've all been there. Have we? <laughs> Couldn't come to work. Busy wanking. When you first, you know. Find it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find it. <laughs> I always knew mine was there. I mean, find its possibilities. Did you just fall over one day and you were like, my God, uh-huh. <laughs> what is this between my legs? Jesus Christ, I just no. I thought I was smooth like a candle. How does anyone get anything done? <laughs> I'm so glad we're on the same page there. Yep. No, I definitely thought, oh, well, nice sexy dream. Anyway, so the next day when she goes to get ready for school, she wears a bright blue dress. She normally dresses very conservatively, mm-hmm. like a Mormon, basically, like a Bible yeah. salesperson. But she wears a bright blue dress. She's got her pale gold curls down, and she flirts with boys. <gasps> so this has been a bit of a sexual awakening for her, I would say. Um, and then after school, she tries to, quote, nap <laughs> to see Heath, but she can't get going. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't, she can't make it happen. Um, but she, when she goes downstairs, she catches her mum reading a book 
called Love's Raging Passion. <laughs> so she catches her mum reading a romance novel. Which I quite like this idea that like her mum also has a secret life, mm. like a secret romantic life, and that she also finds the romance in her real life lacking. Yeah. That plotline's not really explored, and I wish it had been explored a little bit more, that like she sees that her mum... It's also a special person. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that her mum maybe isn't quite satisfied by her real real life either. No, that is really good, actually. Because I feel like the characters in Point Horror are... Sorry, the parents in Point Horror are always just paper thin. Mm -hmm. But at least this suggests that her mum has a bit of an inner life. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the characters in this, they have no inner life whatsoever. Like, particularly the Robotstein ones. That... They have, there's no internal life. There's not a deep thought to be had amongst them. They never think about anything. Everything that they say or do is pure surface level. Mm -hmm. Whereas on this, it goes, and like the Caroline B. Cooney ones as well, they go a little bit beneath the surface and suggest that people actually have an inner life. Yeah, and thoughts and feelings and emotions and things. That they don't instantly say or act on. Mm. (laughs) I'd also like to bring up at this point... um, that she, we're told that it's so strange that she is um, napping after school because she hates napping. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say, hard relate on that. <laughs> I hate naps. And it's rare that you find it written down. Because everyone alien. loves them. Who doesn't like naps? Oh, no. I wake up. They make me wake up feeling sick. Oh. Even after like 10 minutes. You know the, You know when you wake up really early to go to the airport and you've not had enough sleep and you feel oh, yeah. sick and you mm-hmm. like don't really want to eat and stuff and it's like there's a bit of a mist over everything yeah and you feel like that weird unreality where mm-hmm. you're not sleepy enough to go to sleep but you're not awake enough to go about your daily business that's what she feels yeah and i felt validated as a person <laughs> i really hate them i hate them so much sometimes my uh, partner will like soothe me into a nap um, non consensually. He's such a. I was going to say such a sweetie. You made that sound creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's both. Uh, and uh, I will wake up about a minute and a half later in a actual rage, like just, wow. just so pissed off. So I rage. feel it. Yeah, which makes me think it's why she's wanking. Oh yeah, because she wouldn't just change your mind. I've not changed my mind ever, mm. and I won't. <laughs> you will wank. You will not nap. No, I will not nap. Damn it. That's my um, red line. I feel like we both quite relate to Katie, weirdly. Like, yeah. I relate to her saying stupid things and you relate to her hating that. <laughs> so then so then she has a dream. I think this is actually quite creepy. So she dreams that she goes into school um, wearing this new dress that she's bought and she thinks she looks great, And but then she walks down the hall and people stare at her and a teacher shouts take off that makeup and another girl says who do you think you are and another one says oh where's your brown skirt where's your sweater who told you to that you could dress like that and then who do you think you are prom queen and they all laugh at her and say you're not this person you're not allowed to dress like this and I quite like that I think that's really true of how you feel as a teenager that you Mm. want to try on all these different identities but then you think oh no I can't do that because people laugh at me. And it is actually really Carrie-ish, because she looks down and she's, she's all covered, covered in, in blood. blood. And I did hear, well. you know that line from Carrie, they're all going to laugh at you. Mm. I, that's like what they're saying to her. So it's quite Carrie-esque. And even as an adult, if you have ever struggled with anxiety, you you feel that similar thing, that literally everyone is looking at you on the street and mm-hmm. everyone is judging you. And it's not reality, because most people are just going about their daily business and mm-hmm. are not interested in what you're doing. But especially as a teenager, you would feel that. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. I even get that now. Like I, my skin's quite bad at the moment. And the other day, I went out with no makeup on, and I also wore like a high waist skirt and then a crop top, so it showed a bit of my middle. And I was like, hmm, okay. Every person I go past is going to stare at me, and nobody gave a fuck. Why would they care no what does, I look yeah. like? Nobody cares. They were thinking about what they looked like. Exactly. And I found it quite freeing. I quite liked it. Yeah, well, but I mean, I think we all have those anxieties about. Being looked we, at. Yeah, and if judged. we maybe wear something or do something that's a bit out of our usual habit. Or even if you behave in a certain way that people would be like, hmm, mind your neck in. Well, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You give me a look like, well, you do think you are. <laughs> <laughs> you do need no, to mind your neck in. But I think we both have a kind of a high level of confidence, but also a high level of humanity. <laughs> yeah. Which I think can exist, can coexist in the same person quite easily. Um, anyway, so then Katie dreams again of Heath, but there's a weird smell of burning 
which she doesn't really understand why this is happening. So Heath, he's already showing his true colours. He says that, oh, we're not like the others. We're different. And then he rips roses from a bush and tries to give them to Katie. But she doesn't want them because he's like, really ripped them off this bush in a quite a violent way and so she says no I don't want them the thorns will hurt my hands exactly so she's already unsure about him she already sees potential for violence in him she's not stupid she really she sees what he's about really early on Mm -hmm. um however then she wakes up and Heath phones her but and she's not really sure if she's still in her dream or if she's awake you know there's a bit of like a freddy krueger vibe going on here that like is he coming through into reality or is he just fucking with her dreams so that she doesn't know which is which which is a good point i think for me to bring in i think this is a really amazing book about domestic abuse which is a really difficult thing to talk to teenagers about because Mm -hmm. they haven't often experienced enough romantic attachment to a person to realise what's good behaviour and bad behaviour um, but this is really like it tackles it really really well um, and well this bit is just hilarious where he says I do a lot of things I shouldn't do I'm just a bad bad boy are you mad at me which sounds like someone who goes to like a dominatrix I know I feel like his next line is going to be do you want to spank have me have I been a naughty boy do mm-hmm. I need to be punished um but in fact, he's serious. Yeah. But um, you're right in that Katie sort of realises what's going on. She says to herself, how could anyone who makes me feel this way be bad? Which I think is mm. a thing that people who've like suffered from domestic abuse really struggle with. like Because they are made... They feel great when they're with that person mm-hmm. and when that person's being a good person, like you do in any relationship. And then they behave in a way that makes you feel so bad that completely undercuts you. Um, and it's that... It's putting those two sides of a person together that often traps you in that relationship, which is what happens to mm-hmm, Katie, I mm-hmm. would say, to get really serious for a minute. Uh, but I think the whole book is like a really good example of that. I agree. And like really progressive for the time as mm, well. Yeah. The, the sexual politics in this are better than most other point horror books. Oh, for sure. I mean, they're awful, but it's a critique of their awfulness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's not holding them up as being something to aspire to or that's a good thing. I mean, a lot of point horror is um, he hurts you because he loves you. Yeah. And this is not the case here at all. This is like he hurts you because he's awful and it's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of there because he's hurting you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, so anyway, then we're at the party that Raquel, if you recall, invited Katie to at the start. Um, she's not really sure whether to go because she thinks Heath might be jealous, which again, you've seen how he's starting to get his claws in, Mm -hmm. that she's like restricting her own behavior because she's scared of his response. Um, but basically she thinks, fuck you, Heath. So yeah, good for you, Katie. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck Heath. I'm going to go, I'm going to make some friends. Yeah, right. So then she gets a date with Jason. <gasps> Jason Miller. Fancies. Oh yeah, dude. And he's, Jason Miller. Like, he's a sweetie, actually. He it's is hard to nice. slag him off because he does actually seem like a nice guy, but not a nice guy who says he's a nice guy. No. Because they're not nice. So he scolds his friend because his friend is drunk and is about to drive. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't be a dick. Yeah, no. Which I'll I feel drive like, you home. Exactly, which I feel like is cool. Like, see when guys say to their friends, hey, don't be a dick. Mm. I think the world would be a better place if more guys felt able to to say that to their friends. Like, no one wants yeah. to be a killjoy, but then also, it's not cool to drink drive. No. It's really not. And he actually gives up on his sort of half date mm-hmm. to go and drive his friend home, yep. which is something we can all aspire to. Exactly, exactly. But then, it goes a bit wrong. <laughs> because Katie, Katie goes and has a shower. And we've all seen a horror film. We all know that if you're in a horror film or a book <laughs> don't have a shower uh, just wash in the sink so she gets stuck in the shower in an amazing way well this is although we're saying isn't katie a great heroine she has a moment <laughs> so <laughs> the water gets hot like really really hot far too hot scalding hot and she panics and can't open the door now maybe I just haven't had enough showers in enough different places. <laughs> but I've never been in a shower cubicle that did not open outwards. They don't open in, Because there'd be no room. No, how would it open? Or they slide. Yeah. They op- you push them and they open. Yeah. They don't, you don't pull them. No. 
but I don't know. Maybe they've got a weird shower. Maybe it's locked. I don't fucking know. Lock her in the shower. I don't know what happened. Anyway, however, although at that moment I was like, oh, come on, Katie. To be fair, she doesn't shout for help. She doesn't panic. She gets a washcloth and uses that to open the door. So she fixes the problem herself. So her hands are too slippy. I don't... Is that the issue? Yeah, I think that's the her issue. Her hands are far too Her hands hot. are too... <laughs> I'm too dead to Oh, do you feel grip. like this is another... Uh, she's having a wank in the shower. Oh, yeah. Because what would make your hand slippy in the shower? Wow, this is a sexy book. So, I quite like that. She has a stupid moment, but she fixes it herself. She deals with she it. She doesn't panic. Yeah. Which is good. Then she dreams of Heath again. He shouts at her, but instead of cowering, she challenges him. Mm. She shouts back at him. However, he then switches. He, I've written that he's unctuous. <gasps> he becomes this kind of slimy, slithery, sleekit little little boy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to try and charm her. And she does forgive him, although she says she doesn't really know why she forgives him. She, she kind of knows that she shouldn't, but she does anyway. So we're a quarter of the way through the book now, and she already doesn't want to be Heath's girlfriend. Yeah. Like, she's not stupid. She already is like, this is bad, I need to get out of this. But it's difficult. She's a bit entangled at this point. She can't just walk away. And he's already shown that he can exist in her waking life as well. Mm-hmm. Through giving her a phone call. Absolutely. So then, this is quite cute, actually. It's quite hard to slag this book off. because I'm actually I like, like it a lot, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so then Jason takes Katie to a proper restaurant and she says, not a burger joint like other boys take her to. And this reminded me, I've written in my notes, I've written Elfin Cobain because it reminded me of this a boy that I had a fling with. I was going to say a man, he was a boy, that I had a fling with and when I was in my early 20s who looked like a little beautiful Elfin Kurt Cobain type oh. boy. He was really so cute, like really good looking. Oh. Um, and we went on a date and I took him to get sushi, and he'd never had sushi before. Oh. And then I took him to a cocktail bar, and he'd never had a cocktail before. And no. I was, I just was like, oh my god, I'm too old for you. I was like two years older than him, but I'm like, I'm too old for you. How old was he? Well, we were in our early 20s. Oh, okay. It wasn't like, a, it wasn't an actual child. Yeah, was just <laughs> We like, were both yeah. in our early 20s, but I was a couple of years older than him. Okay. Um, and yeah, I was just like, I'm too old for you. No. Like, I definitely prefer to go out with people older than me, and this just cemented for me why yeah. he was absolutely beautiful but i mean come on it never would have worked no 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 it yeah was that's a couple of years can be a big gap yeah he was more like burger joint and beers and i was more like sushi and cocktails <laughs> <laughs> it was never gonna work but he was sweet and i hope he has a nice girlfriend now oh, or sure a boyfriend he if he wants or he's... i don't care what he wants he can have whatever he likes <laughs> anyway So Katie really likes this. She really likes that he's taken her to a proper restaurant. Um, But she, because she's got an inner life, she doesn't want him to think that she is materialistic. So she's worried. She's like, I like this restaurant, but I don't want him to think that I'm only going out with him. I'm just about money. Exactly. However, interestingly, he basically says the same thing. He says, oh, listen, I hope you don't think that I'm showing off. It's just that I got some money, for I think, for his birthday. Yeah. And he decided to, like, treat her. Which I really like, because it shows that they both have fears about what the other one thinks of each other. Which yeah. I feel like in most of these books, no one ever goes that deep no. with their thinking. And he um, writes her a really lame poem. I know. Which, um, and he's very embarrassed about it as well. I'm going to read it out to you, because it is really lame. You have to do it in teenage boy voice. Oh, what's, what pretend, that? pretend that you are Jason and you're trying to be sexy for Katie. I'm not sure I could do this, but here we go. (laughs) A rose is beautiful. So are diamonds and pearls. Katie Shaw. Would you be my girl? That's shit. It's shit, but it's cute. What do you think, he asked. I'm not a prize-winning poet. Yeah. Yeah, you can say that again. You're not a not-prize-winning poet, (laughs) either. Not even a shit poet, son. Um, he's trying. He is trying. That's cute. I should say we've we've um, skipped over for me the most horrifying point in the book, which is where we get Bopper's fake death. <gasps> oh yeah. Yeah. So um, she gets out of her. That was dream. like a grief baiting. It really was a grief baiting. I was very upset. Um, 
she was in her dream with Heath where she, uh, like you just mentioned, she sort of stood up to him a little bit. And he was like, you be careful because I can affect your real life too. Mm. And uh, she woke up next to Bopper, who was also having a nap. Although I would hope an actual nap <laughs> rather than <laughs> a masturbation dream. You never know. And Bopper is um, running, running sideways, you know, like like we see dogs mm-hmm. do. She tried R- shaking. Rosie, Rosie does that and she barks, but with her mouth closed. So it goes... <laughs> 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 Like dream barking. <laughs> I don't want to make any noise in the real world. <laughs> uh, so, she, it looks like she's trying to get away from something. Or someone, Katie thought, gritting her teeth. She tried shaking the dog, but the basset hound continued to sleep. Bopper, wake up! Katie's insides were starting to churn. She didn't know what she'd do if something happened to the dog. Oh, and then you we're led to believe that Bopper's dead! And then De- Bopper's not. But it's okay, Bopper. It's the, it's the worst version of it as well. Where it's Kate, Jason smiled at Katie across the table. I'm glad it was a false alarm that your dog's okay. Yes, yes, you did have to clarify for yeah. us, Sinclair Smith, because we were all really upset. We were worried about Bopper. I really was. Poor Bopper. Oh, no. But, but he's Bopper's fine. Okay. She's fine, sorry. Yeah, she's good. <laughs> anyway, so they're on this date, yeah, where he says, I'm glad your dog's okay. Um, but yeah, I like that. I felt like as well that it feels like they're in a kind of bit of a grown-up relationship because yeah. you know in the last episode we were talking about the R.L. Stein characters they're like 10 year olds yeah. in teenagers bodies whereas I feel like these are more realistic yeah that they're you know trying to to be adults I also think as well there's a bit about toxic masculinity in here go on well at least that's how I understand it so Katie's thinking about um Jason and she says When he reached across the table and took her hand, she was conscious of how gentle his touch was. Though his hands were large and strong, there was nothing rough about him. Jason doesn't make a big deal about being tough or strong the way Heath does, Katie thought to herself. Yet it's obvious that he's both. It's such a relief to be with someone who's not always acting mysterious or like some kind of character in a movie. Someone who doesn't have anything to hide. That's so lovely. Jason is comfortable in his masculinity and mm-hmm. he doesn't have to perform perform, and he doesn't have to threaten, prove anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I'm into it. He's just comfortable about it. So let's contrast that with Heath. So a bit later, Katie dreams again of Heath. So here we go. <laughs> I have to do this in like your whiny voice. Now Heath's voice whined. I thought I could count on you, Katie. I guess I shouldn't expect a girl like you to care about someone like me. Suddenly it struck her that Heath played three characters. Mr. Wonderful, incorporating Mr. Mysterious and Mr. Tough Guy. Mr. McNasty and the poor little boy. So she's really got his number. And that is so accurate. Mm -hmm. For a lot of sort of horrible men, Mm -hmm. they do play off the little trifecta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. I also like that one of them is Scottish. <laughs> Mr. McNasty. <laughs> For that's no apparent reason. Well, is it not like that's how you, like in um, Grey's Anatomy, it's, he's called McDreamy, which I never really understood. But I think it's just the way that you say Oh, names. like McDonald's. It's, it's mcdonalds zifying things. I think it is. Ah, uh, okay. I was like, oh, he's from Scotland. <laughs> One of those personalities well, is Scottish. Like if someone's flashing the cash, you would call them like, oh, Mr. McRichpants. Or would you? <laughs> that sounded weird, even as I said it. <laughs> I would call that person uh, Billy Big Bollocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one that comes up a lot. It's very northern of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I am northern. Well, so then we're getting a bit deeper into this mm-hmm. domestic abuse situation. So Katie, she really wants to tell people, and the quote from the book is, it was horrible to be locked inside alone with him. But the problem that she knows she has is that she doesn't have any proof, which mm-hmm. I feel like is weirdly so prescient because how much has that come up lately with the Me Too movement, Time's Up, all these things have been happening for decades, but nobody came forward because they know they haven't got any proof and they know that without proof they won't be believed. Yeah, and evidence is removed by these people so mm-hmm. they continue to mm-hmm. get away with it. Um, I think this is actually really affecting and is has become a lot more so the older I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, like, some of it's actually really horrible to read. Um, like, the, the bit that you mentioned and um, the bit where she tries to take evidence away from the dream. 
mm-hmm. and then it's, he destroys it and she has this moment like i will never be able to prove to people that this is happening and it's like oh god it's heart-wrenching now and you're like mm-hmm. no katie i'm <laughs> katie oh my god um have we talked about the car radio incident we haven't let's have that so when jason is dropping katie off at home after their lovely wonderful date grown-up um, date grown-up day with a man who is comfortable in his masculinity and they go to have a bit of a smooch mm-hmm. uh but immediately when they go to kiss the car radio comes on blasting really loud moving from station to station mm. um ooh, david bowie reference there didn't mean to do that <laughs> <laughs> also comfortable in his masculinity glad it happened <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say he didn't need to perform. He did. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so they they are blasted out by this music, and it really puts them off, if you will. It, mm. it gets them off their, their stride. And I really like this comment. Jason tried to turn it off, but he couldn't. No matter what knobs he turned, <laughs> Sinclair, In you know what window. you're doing. <laughs> He was turning all the knobs, and yet it was still happening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so from the actually quite good to the actually quite silly, because then we have a double date. So we have got Katie and Jason are going to go on a double date with Raquel and her boyfriend, Max. Max. Max 6666. We need to talk about this. So (laughs) Max 66 with two X's was Raquel's new boyfriend. He wrote poetry and played the drums in his own band called Wax, which is all in caps. Yep. Caps. Caps. It just makes me think of Nikki Six. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what it comes from. So Max is a poet and a drummer in Wax, which I was like, oh, please, can we have him? But he never actually appears in the story, no. which is a shame. I really want to see him. Maybe we should write a book about Max from Wax. And him and Raquel. Raquel. Why so many letters, guys? You don't need to do it. I don't know. But I love that because it's like... With this book, as soon as you're like, shit, this is actually a good book, it like lobs you this Ruins little <laughs> crazy bit. One of my favourite bits is when um, Katie decides she's not going to sleep anymore. That's how she's mm-hmm. going to get away from Heath. And she's never had a coffee before. Um, and she doesn't know how to make it, so she has to read the instructions on the packet. And then she puts like four times the amount that it says. And I don't know if you've ever had coffee made by an American. It's already excessively strong. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like they don't know how to make it so you can taste the coffee they just want to taste the caffeination almost well weirdly it's always that like drip coffee rather than an espresso as well isn't yeah it? yeah I don't the, like that drip the like coffee. filter coffee yeah. yeah so she makes like four times as much in it and then she has two cups and then has a thermos of it doesn't put any milk or sugar in it and it's like bitter as hell and i don't know about you i've only started drinking black coffee like in the last few years when i moved to canada when i was 21 um, I started drinking coffee as a sort of, I'm being a big grown-up thing, mm. but it was like caramel lattes, which is why oh, yeah. I got incredibly fat within like the first two weeks of moving to Canada. Um, and then sugar crash and yeah, rush. It was awful. Rush. They must have been about a million calories per one. Um, and then you sort of move on to lattes mm. and then you sort of move on to cappuccinos and then in my sort of trajectory of coffee love right you then move on to like black coffee and then you can move on to espresso and then you've got the whole pantheon and you can have whichever one yeah. you want but the idea of this like how old is she 16 yeah 15 oh, she's just turned 17 17 year old girl having her first coffee and having like eight of the strongest coffee it just really <laughs> made me laugh and she was at one point sweating and shaking i was like yeah mate i've been there, I've been there. i'm like that when i have three mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my god i can't do anything she's yeah it really made me laugh yeah See, I'm, I made myself like coffee. I think I was about 15. And I don't know, I'd like got it into my head that writers liked black coffee, red wine, and cigarettes. I never really got into smoking because my dad was a smoker and I think that puts you off when you yeah. hear someone wake up every morning and go... <gasps> it puts you right off. So never got into smoking. But I made myself like black coffee and, and I put loads wine. of sugar in it. And I now still like black coffee and red wine and I don't know... If that's because I made myself or because I actually like it. 
I did the same thing in making myself like all of those things. Apart from the cigarettes, I was already asthmatic, so it was just mm. off the table because I already couldn't breathe. Um, also, it's just stupid and expensive and... doesn't even taste nice. No, like, really mo- all the things that I like that are bad for me, at least they taste nice. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> mm, delicious lung cancer. No. Um, but yeah, I also, like, started drinking rosé and then, like, binge drank rosé wine at uni and then started drinking white wine, which I also now can't stand. Oh, I've got some rosé for later. Oh, well, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so I only pretty much drink red wine or, like, sparkling wine now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> champagne. I'd love to say champagne. Mm-hmm. I've had champagne quite a lot lately. But, yeah, I did the same thing. Maybe it's accurate. Maybe it's because all writers are making themselves like these things. Maybe. That that's the case. So then we write about characters that do that. <laughs> anyway, so then we get back into the plot, and we have a bit of a plot turn. Oh, can I say one thing first? Yes, you can. I think it's really hilarious that when she comes home from school... Um, to go for a nap, she always changes into a nightgown. Why? Oh, yeah. Just go to have a nap with your clothes on, or get just naked take like your any socks other. Off. I don't even wear anything in bed. I just sleep naked. Oh. So I just like take yeah, take your shoes off, take your socks off, take your trousers off, and just sleep in shirt like, and a... Just take your bra and your socks off is what I would do. Leave the shirt on, but take your bra. Yeah. Off. Oh, you're you're one of those. You can do it under the top. Yes, I am flash dance. <laughs> <laughs> Get that on a t-shirt, please. I am. I am flushed then. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just thought, just lay down. Yeah, you're only there for like two. You don't minutes. need to put your nightgown on anyway. No. So then, she sees Heath's picture, so a photo of Heath in Raquel's big sister's yearbook, and it turns out Raquel remembers Heath, <gasps> and she says, "Oh yeah, Heath was this charming rebel loner, but also." A psychopath and he <laughs> killed a kitten don't know why i'm laughing that's horrible it is a horrible Who fucking scene. kills a kitten that's awful because it jumped on him mm-hmm. and then kittens do they dig their nails mm-hmm. in nails <laughs> claws in you don't they because that's what they do and he picked it up and shook it to death that is horrible and i feel like if i as a teenager had seen someone do that i would be really upset I feel even like now i would be upset there's just no dignity in that either as they like a like a 16 or 17 year old no. Shaking a tiny kitten to death. That does not show your strength in any way. But then doesn't that just show what he's like? That Very true. His, his um, kind of negative masculinity is such that that's how he shows his power. Is a kitten who is no danger to him whatsoever. No. Nope. And look, isn't he such a hard man? He's going to kill a kitten. Mm. What a loser. What a loser. What a knobber. Um, Worst oh, then, meatloaf ever. He is. Yeah. He's like... Anti meatloaf. He looks like meatloaf, but he's not meatloaf. He's not roast. <laughs> he also ran a nerdy guy's trousers up the flagpole, which I'm like, I don't know. I didn't go to an American high school, obviously, but I'm like, I don't think people do that. Is that not just a thing that people do in films? I wouldn't even know how to use a flagpole. But then they do love a flag in America. That's true. Yeah, they probably all are taught to put a flag up. That's true. I saw this amazing house recently. We went um, to a off to an island to take the dog around the beaches. We had a really great day. And we saw this one house, and it was obviously a house that different people lived in the top part of the house, and then kind of a different family in the bottom part of the house. Mm-hmm. And it caught our eye because the bottom part of the house had a Will and Kate... No, not Will and Kate. Who's the other ones that just got married? Oh, uh... George yeah. and Bob. <laughs> Megan and... Harry. Harry. Yeah. Megan and Harry flag. Like Ugh. a British flag with their faces on it. And we were like, what the fuck is that? But then we took a proper look at the house. And the downstairs, they had their royal wedding flag. They had Union Jacks everywhere. But the upstairs house had salt tyres <laughs> and SNP signs up. And we were like... They're there is fighting. some yeah. shit going on in the house. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were like, that is fascinating. And then I also wondered who fired the first shots, who put the flag up first. Yeah. That made the other person be like, oh, fuck you. I reckon that. put my flag up. I reckon the Harry and Meghan. Do you think that was One first? went up first, yeah. Or maybe the SMP one. Mm. And maybe then Harry and Meghan. Mm-hmm. And then the satire and then it just got really out of hand yeah. i also quite like to think maybe it's not two separate people maybe it's <laughs> yes it's the same family <laughs> just hating each agree. other oh i love that <laughs> yeah it was fascinating i really wanted to knock on the door and be like can i interview you people? Yes. i really want to know it? <laughs> yeah, i want to know what's going on in here anyway um so yeah he runs the trousers of the flagpole he's not a cool guy he obviously picks on 
people who are no threat to him whatsoever. What a dickhead. Anyway, so Cindy, who was his girlfriend, was not impressed by this, as you wouldn't be. She seems like a nice person. Yeah, P.S. guys, if you're thinking that you're going to pick on a kitten or some other person to impress a girl, she ain't going to be impressed. Um, So Cindy says, well, I'm not going to go to prom with you. Um, So he gets really drunk and rides his motorbike to her house, basically to kill her Mm -hmm. or to hurt her. Yep. Um, just to do something terrible, but he crashed. Oh, on the way, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. However, then we find out that Cindy lived in Katie's house. <gasps> Plot point. Plot point. So we know basically how Heath came to be there. Mm-hmm. So then again, she has another dream about Heath because she's not really in control of it by this point. Nope. Um, but this time, she's really disdainful, actually. She's not attracted to him. She is not scared of him. She's just not impressed by him. She's just really disdainful of him. She thinks things like, just look at you strutting and preening. If you had brains, you'd be dangerous. If his chest swells anymore, he'll explode. She's really not impressed by him at all. And why should she be? Because he's saying ridiculous things like... Uh, he has a medallion um, with an animal that's like a cross between a leopard and a panther on it. And he a says... Lantha. Peppered. <laughs> peppered. Oh, I like peppered. I like peppered. Um, you see this? It's just like me, the jungle cat. I'm too slick and too fast and too smooth for you. Because I've got the wits of a jungle cat. And you can't match them. You, you can't help doing your whingy voice when you do that. I've got the wits of a jungle cat. I'm a bad boy. I'm so smart and clever and bad. (laughs) Me, me, me. What a dick. So then, um, yeah, but do you know what else I like? So then she wakes up and she she hatches a plan to destroy him. But what I also really like about this book, and I think is pretty clever, is that she's not a strong female character, TM. You know what I mean? She's not. Because I always hate that. You know, people are like, oh, look at Buffy. Look at this you know she's a strong female character and I'm like they're just acting like men yeah and I just don't like it I don't think it's interesting I think that there are other ways to be strong rather than just to be violent or to you know be aggressive in that way that's the Margaret Thatcher model yeah of femininity yeah I'm not into it so she's not like that she she is scared she doesn't want to be in this situation and she's scared and she cries Mm. but after she cries she wipes her tears away and she gets her shit together which I feel like we all need to do, and that's what I do when I... Because I'm very emotional, very melodramatic. And if I'm down about something, I think, okay, you can have ten minutes. You can have ten minutes, and you can cry, and you can use your whingy little girl voice and be like, it's not there, I don't want to do this. But then you need to fucking wash your face and get to work. Yep, because it's not going to change. Exactly. I have the same. I, If I'm doing something that I find challenging or really don't like... Um, I will have a bit of a tanty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Minor tanty. I like tanty. Um, and it's like, mm, I don't want to do this. Stop helping me. I don't mm-hmm. like doing it this way. And then it's like, all right, pull up your big girl pants and yeah. get on with your shit. Yeah. And by the way, this is not meaning that if you are genuinely struggling with something, you just need to get your shit together. It's just how we but get over our we're talking neurotic about, melodrama. Yeah, minor whinges <laughs> yeah. that we have. I don't want to go and do that event because I've had a bad day. Exactly. Sort of or yeah. you're like, this is boring. I don't want to deal with my factor or my gas bill because it's boring. And yeah. you're like, well, tough shit. Yeah. You're grown up now. Yeah, exactly. Sigh. So then... She keeps dreaming of Heath. She kind of slowly learns how she can one-up him or how she can gain power over him. They have a bit of a back and forth. It starts to get really bad for her. She's sleeping a lot. Her schoolwork is suffering. She's being rude to people. And she kind of realises right away, like, she doesn't want to be that person. Mm. Um, Heath seems to be becoming more powerful. He sets a fire. He defaces her diary. He threatens her family. Um... He also then makes Jason fall asleep at the wheel of his car and crash. Um, and then, again, I feel like the domestic abuse theme is really coming through here because literally Katie hears his voice inside her head. And even worse, he begins to speak through her, her mouth. mouth. Yeah. So she goes to say something and instead his voice comes out, mm. which is really creepy. And there's a really great example of Raquel being a great friend. Yes. Where she hears her say this weird thing. But then just calls it out and says, like, oh, that's a funny voice you're doing there. Not, doesn't go like, oh, you're a total weirdo. And 
um, Katie's also pushed her away on, mm-hmm. a, on a numerous, uh, sorry, on a number of occasions now. And she still just sort of comes back and she's like, okay, you were kind of a dick that day. That's fine. Or, oh, you're saying a weird thing here. Yeah, I'm still going to be there for mm-hmm. you. Which I think is a great message. But do you know what I really like that Raquel does is she does say that. She does say, you were having a bad day and you are really horrible to me, but don't do it again. Yeah, what if you talk to me like that she's again? She's not a pushover. We're through. Yeah. Which I like. Because like, too. friends fuck up and you just go, that's cool, but don't, don't do, it do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. I like that. I think Raquel is a really good friend, actually. Me too. I like her. Um, So then, again, it's getting really bad, and I feel like the parallels are so clear. Very cleverly done, I think. Well done, Sinclair Smith. Because it's things like Katie's using eye drops and makeup to hide how tired Tired she is. is. You know, which, Mm -hmm. of course, we've heard this. If you've got marks on your face, you put makeup on to hide it, things like that. She goes to different shops so that people People don't don't see her. her. Yeah, Yeah, she even stops going to school. She really does nothing except lie in bed kind of drifting and she's not she's not having her own dreams she's having his dreams mm. so it's like he's completely taken over her brain and i think it's a really interesting sort of um metaphysical thing he says where he's like i'm going to be the one dreaming you up yeah and his main threat to her at this point is that he's gaining so much strength from her that he's going to put her into a coma mm-hmm. and that then she will be constantly dreaming and he will then be able to constantly be alive because mm-hmm. he's alive in inverted commas when she dreams him so he's going to force her to dream him all the time mm-hmm. it's essentially like i'm going to be in your mind every single minute you don't get to think of anything apart from me she's really creepy which i feel like is what abusers want exactly they want that complete control yep very well done yeah it was really good also i have to say again just when you're like god this book's so clever it throws in a little <laughs> A little, like, weird bit. So, at this point, he's talking through Katie, and he's talking to Jason, her boyfriend. He's also just going to bring this up. (laughs) Right? Well, you, yeah, you do it then. Okay, there are are three (laughs) little bits that he says to Jason. I'm I'm just going to say them without any um, comment. Yeah. When this is all over, Jason, we'll ditch her and have some really wild times. We'll get together and find some real fun. We'll get to be real pals soon, you and me, Jason. I think I can liven you up a bit. We'll have such terrific times, you won't even notice that Miss Goody Two-Shoes is gone. Now, gay as hell. I mean, I know that we are always looking for the queer subtext, we but are. come on. We're gonna, me and you will have a great time together, Jason. I mean... When this girl's not in the way in between us. In between us. Why have us. a threesome when we could just fuck each other? You won't even know that you don't have a girl. Like, come I'll on. I'll be your girl. There's no way that's not no. intentional. It must be. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So I don't really know what's going on there. Amazing. <laughs> I just think it's he's great. struggling. Maybe he's struggling with some shit. Yeah, I just think if you want to be with a guy, be with him. Yeah. Don't haunt a girl. No. Really not. It's not. I don't. Also, I don't feel like Jason's the right one for you. I don't think he's into no, it. No, he seems pretty. He seems down fine with Katie. with Katie. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's other guys. So many. So many. Yeah. Go and find some other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Get yourself a nice man. Go and man. find Bendo. <laughs> he's into it. <laughs> He's definitely into it. There's lots of, I feel like we're always like, there's never any gay people in Point Horror. I feel like there are. Quite they just a lot. Aren't labelled as such. Yeah, aren't allowed to be as such. Well, yeah. That was the case in the 90s in a lot of places. Case. That's very true. High school. Very also, true. you can't often be your own sexuality. No, that's very true. Even now, still the case. Yeah. That's very true. So then, we have the final showdown. Katie meets Heath. In the dream, she's wearing this white lacy dress, which by now she hates, absolutely hates. Fuck your docile femininity, Heath. I hate it. I don't want to wear this dress anymore. She stokes his ego, but it's just to trick him. He, he chases her on his motorbike in the dream. Which is referred to as his shining electric death beetle. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> Um, but then he crashes and he dies in the dream and that means he is really dead. Good. So basically at the end, um, she wins. Mm. He's gone. She still has Jason and she still has her friends. And she wins with no help. 
Exactly, she does it all herself. Brilliantly. <laughs> I think that it's, it's hard to write about inner conflict. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to write about things that are only happening in a character's head, essentially. And I think that showdown is really well done. Yeah. She says something at some point, essentially, uh, her and Heath are trying to fight over her consciousness, and she said it's like a tide. And I was like, what a great way to do mm. that, because I wouldn't be able to write that. That is good. For an adult audience now. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's really tough. And to do it for a, a like, teenage audience is particularly difficult, mm-hmm. and she did it really, really well. And I also like that Katie thinks that all the changes in her, you know, her confidence, how she dresses differently, her new friends, she thinks that they're all because of Heath. Mm. But then they're not because no, of her. No, and she realises this. Mm-hmm. She said, oh, it was me. It was mm-hmm. me all along. It was me. Doing all these things. Yeah. The calls are coming from inside the house in a good way. Yes, inside <laughs> your own head house. <laughs> so, let's do the things. Stupid names. So there's these two characters who we haven't mentioned thus far because they are completely irrelevant to the plot. So there are these twins... The Tipler twins. The Tipler twins. They're like something from a horror film. So they're called Sadie Lou and Melody Ann. And they're from Ear Howl Creek. They're like from a country song, like a horror country song. It's really weird and they're completely irrelevant to the story. They don't do anything in the story. But can I tell you the description? Large bat-like ears stuck out from their pointed heads, rather too small for their big, graceless bodies. Both had paintbrush haircuts that would have been called pixies, except that the idea of anything about the Tipler twins being pixie-ish was ludicrous. What the hell? I mean, it's, it is, for all we're saying this is a great book, that's quite ableist. And why? I feel like they have got some kind of genetic problem. Condition? And why are they in it? she's not being very sympathetic. At all? No, they're There's not relevant really to anything. They don't appear. No. They probably, someone, an editor was just like, you probably need some more characters. Yeah, probably. And she stuck Like, in. does no one else go to the school? Yeah. Yeah. They're pointless. And they've Bad got weird names. Yeah. Um, the American things, yeah, a lot of it centres around yearbooks and a prom. Oh, good point. Yeah. Which, when I left school, we had just started doing those things, but we just did them to copy America. Yeah. They're not part of our culture here at all. I don't think we had a yearbook. We did, but they'd only just started doing them the past couple of years. But again, it's because people see them in Hollywood films and, and they want, want them. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that. Um, oh my god, the 90s stuff. It doesn't actually feel very 90s, but it did make me think a lot, because it's called Dream Date, it made me think of the game Dream Phone. Dream Phone. You obsess I about Dream Phone. Love. This comes up almost every time we hang out. I'm going to bring it round to play next time. Oh, please do. It's like Cluedo, but you find out what boy has a crush on you. It's terrible. <laughs> um, Raquel has a new CD player. Yeah, she's really also, keen to Dream Phone was out the same year as this book. Was it? Yep. No anyway. Way. Oh yeah, a new CD player. New CD player. Aww. Just so excited about it. And they do rent videos. Yeah. Good movies though. Like they Psycho. Do. They do have quite adult taste in movies. Yeah. yeah. I'm down with it. Oh my god, the fashion. Fashion. So much fashion. So, um, I really like this. So, when we meet Raquel, la, 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 she is wearing dangling earrings, a short skirt, an oversized red top, a wide belt, and quote, the most unusual shoes Katie had ever seen, I do feel like that should have been unpacked a little bit more. Yeah. what does that mean, most unusual? Like, are they those platforms with a fish in them? Or, like, what? Or are they are shoes... Are they made out of thorns? What are they like? Are they shoes that are, in fact, a house? Exactly. Yeah, what, what are, are they? they? What, what are do they? you mean? How can they be unusual? Tell us, Sinclair Smith. I know, we need more details. The most unusual the shoes most I can imagine unusual. are pretty unusual. Well, yeah. Yeah, they're not So either shoes. Katie's not very imaginative... <laughs> Or they are some seriously bananas shoes. Either. Maybe they're actual bananas. Maybe they are. That's quite unusual. (laughs) And then, later, she is wearing a huge hat and a multicoloured shiny scarf. I mean, it sounds gross, but it sounds interesting. Um, I also really like Katie's outfit. So at the start of the book, you know, she's wearing this tailored shirt, brown skirt and sensible beige shoes, which I'm like, even a fucking teenager surely wouldn't. Even a sensible teenager wouldn't wear beige shoes. Anyway, but later she wears, I think this sounds gorgeous, she wears a fuchsia dress, Mexican silver earrings and extra blusher. Mm. That sounds really nice. That does sound lovely. Yeah. The blue jumper dress, less so. Well, depends on... That's 90s. Yeah, that is. Depends on your colouring, I suppose, but I think that sounds really... Very pretty. Mm, like I can see you in that. Like, I know, I would like that. Mm. Maybe I'll get that. I have got a fuchsia dress. <laughs> <laughs> so, our point horror top trumps. Do we have 
are too stupid to love heroin. Not at all. Nope. She's great. Yep. I'm so in for her. Yeah. She actually feels like a real person. Yeah. And she's really they never over- do in this. She overcomes real challenges. Mm-hmm. I think she's an icon. I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I like her. I've, re- I've actually written in my notes, hard relate to this bit. So it says, reviewing her mental checklist of things to do had calmed Katie's nerves the way such details always did. Those things gave her a comforting feeling of precision and order, of having done all her tasks carefully, being good and being in control of her life. And I was like, oh God, Sinclair Smith, you know me. No, Why you did you read my, my diary? <laughs> How do you know this about me, Sinclair Smith? She doesn't do anything stupid apart from wishing for a boyfriend. And she probably only wishes for a boyfriend because society tells her she needs one well yeah and also because she's 16 yeah and she hasn't had a boyfriend before so yeah yeah i like her i like her a lot um also i like she maybe we like her because she's basically like a middle-aged woman in a teenager's body because she also really likes hitchcock and daphne du maurier and also when she's in the shop she buys the big size of crisps because it's more economical i know which is (laughs) that's so me that's so me but that's so not necessarily 16 year old no (laughs) I've only just started reading Daphne du Maurier, and I think she's great. She is excellent. Really creepy as well. Yeah, yeah. I love her. Um, Have we got a sexy sociopath? Uh, Yeah, he's supposed to be, isn't he? He's supposed to be hot. He's supposed to be hot. But I do see him as Michael from Grease 2, who is also... Have you seen Empire Records? No. Oh, fucking hell. We need to have a film night. We've... I think we said this on several podcasts ago. We did. (laughs) We did. Because he's also sexy Rexy in Empire Records. Okay, we need to watch need to watch it. Sexy Rexy. Rex Manning. Oh. So Empire Records, not to go too much into that plot, we should do that for a full podcast on Ooh, Empire Records, right? Because yeah. that's like a 90s classic. I'm into it. Um, but yeah, it's, he's, he's like a kind of cheesy Barry Manilow style Ooh. singer and they have, because they all work at a record shop and they have to do, because he's coming to visit the shop mm-hmm. and so they have Rex Manning day and to take the piss they call him Sexy Rexy. I see. Yeah. It's satirical. It's okay. satirical. Okay. Well, but Liv Tyler, her character actually fancies him. Okay. But it turns out he's a dickhead. Anyway, I'm not going to tell you the end of the film, but we'll watch it. Um, what is the death toll? Zero. Uh, well, he, him. Well, but he's dead already. And a kitten. Oh yeah, but that's before. Yeah. The kitten's like not within the narrative. That's true. So none. So none. No one dies. Just a guy who's already dead and who's horrible anyway. Ha ha ha. <laughs> is it good though? Yes. Really good. I agree. My favourite so far. I think it's well written. I think it's got a good important message. I think it's relevant. Like even now. Even it's now, relevant. yeah. Has not aged in twenty five years. It's like good and we I think we kind of struggle to take the piss out of it actually because piss takeable. It's not because it's got silly bits in it, but it's generally actually a good book. Great book, great yeah. message. You wanna give it five? Uh, I will On give point it five. Scale five. Yes, okay, not for like sure. actual real good book. No. I mean, mean, like, mm. as a real good book, it still is good, maybe not five, but for a point horror, definite five. I I would consider taking half a point off for the shower scene, but I'm going to leave it in. But at least she fixes it herself. True, yeah, okay. Five, five. And we all have little stupid moments. Strong five. I still can't get rid of a spider. Oh, yeah, I, uh, there's a mouse in my flat, and I actually screamed like a psycho character, like a... Like the other day, and I didn't know I could make the sound. There was a moth in our sink the other day. I went into the bathroom and washed my hands, and there was a moth in the sink, and I just went. Ah! <laughs> I hate moths. Yeah. They're too papery. So close. Like, and get away. What are you? Are you a thing, or are you made of paper? Stop being crepe and you know dusty. I don't like them. A paper viper. A paper viper. <laughs> Um, is it good bad? Uh, no, it's just good. Yeah, I I would give it like a one as good bad for the shower scene. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, it's actually genuinely, genuinely good. really good book. I would I would give it to anyone, especially a young girl. Yeah, for sure. And also, obviously, you don't want to be like, listen, I need you to read this book so that you don't get caught up with an abusive guy because they'll be like, fuck off. Yeah, fuck if off. you just like, here's a fun book. They would read it and internalize yeah. the great message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really into it. Which is how something should work, right? It should work on a story level, but it should also work on a deeper level. Have a good message. Exactly. Exactly. So generally, we like this one. I love it, in fact. Yeah. So Heather, what are we talking about next week? Uh, Next time we are talking about Twins by... Caroline B. Cooney. Caroline B. Cooney, thank you. (laughs) And that one 
Oh my god, you're gonna love it. Well, it's gonna be. A I fun. can't wait. You're gonna do a fun one. <laughs> um, oh, and we should also say, if you want to read Dream Date but you can't get your hands on it, you can actually listen to the audiobook on YouTube, which I hear are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think there are quite a few where you can get the sort of audio performance mm-hmm. of it, if you will, because I think it's more of a. It's not exactly it's got a reading. And, yeah, yeah, I think they kind of dramatise it a little bit. Um, a couple of people on our Twitter have um, sent us those, and they from what I've had so far, are hilarious. They're great. I'm listening to one right now. Oh, which one? It is called April Fool's. No, it's oh. called Trick or Treat. It's called Trick or Treat. Oh, I think mm. there is one called April there Fool's, is though, also. because I remember having that. Yeah. It, okay, we'll put yeah. that on the list also. Yeah. Um, if you are enjoying the podcast, do feel free to go on whatever um, platform you get your podcasts on, whether that's SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, we're in all of those. Um, and do review us, because that really helps us get our message out there. And do subscribe as well, because you don't want to miss one of these episodes. They our are, message. They are like great. That. Like we're doing such a noble... <laughs> What's our message? <laughs> Read Point Horror. Read Point Horror. Is the <laughs> message there? We're not even being sponsored by them. Oh my god, yeah, we should be. We've missed a trip. I know. Damn. Awful. Um, and you can also find us on social media. Do you want to tell us where, Christy? Mm-hmm. We are on Twitter at Teenage Scream underscore. And we're on Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod. So you can join the conversation. You can request other books that we will talk about in the future. Or you can just share the loving dissection of Point Horror. Oh, that was a great little <laughs> end. But we can't end there. Yeah. Because I still need to mention... Um, our Patreon that we have. Mm-hmm. So if you are really enjoying the podcast, and I hope you are. and I mean, Even if you're just medium enjoying it, really. Yeah, I mean, do feel free to do this <laughs> if you despise us as well. I mean, I have no... Whatever, I don't care. Um, we do incur some costs making this podcast, and if you want to contribute to us continuing to make them, um, and you are of the financial means to do this, do feel free to go on our Patreon, where you can give us, like, a couple of quid a month for our four hours of genuine gold mm-hmm. podcast content um Ooh, dollars or whatever your currency yeah dollars or whatever if you just if you see if you would see us on the street and buy us a half pint of beer or a coffee <laughs> or a donut feel free to take that money and put it into our patreon account so we can continue making these and we will use that to buy a donut for each other and think of you yes exactly <laughs> so we'll eat it while we're <laughs> podcasting so you can't hear us um if you don't have any money or you don't have enough right now or you don't want to that's totally fine as well we will keep making this podcast because we love them and we love how much you love them too yes so um see you next time for the twins which will be fantastic wait Bye. bye